Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 23 of the Skill Trades Playbook. I'm your host, Juan Caroso, author of the At Your Best Playbook series. In this episode, I'll be talking with Robbie Heinrich. Robbie is the engineering manager at the Louisville, Kentucky plant of Dana Corporation. He's also the president of the Greater Louisville chapter of the KY Fame program. We'll be talking about the opportunities available for becoming an advanced manufacturing tech through the Fame program. So, Robbie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your responsibilities with both the Dana Corporation and with the Fame program? Yep, no problem. So, uh, my name is Robbie Heinrich. Uh, I work for Dana Corporation in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, we are a our facility's been here since 1979. And I actually started as an engineering co-op here in 2005. So I bring another interesting dynamic to the perspective that, that I my career kind of began with a little bit of the work and learn hands-on model in a facility. Uh, it, it was not fame, and it was more of an engineering tract, but uh, the same type of scenario. So I, I saw good times in the industry and then uh, lived through 2008 uh, when things did not go so well. And throughout uh, my tenure here, uh, I've, I've been the engineering manager for about six years. And so I've had ultimate responsibility, uh, not only for engineering, but for um, the maintenance facility here and uh, program management and, and a few other things. But the, the maintenance field is really where we have struggled uh, to find the right talent to to be able that has the the brain power and the skill set to keep up with the changes in technology. We're seeing uh, automation, which we have a lot of, and um, the control side of machinery. You know, multi-million dollar projects that the traditional maintenance technician in specifically an industrial field has really struggled uh, to, to keep the uptime where it needs to be. So uh, we've obviously been recruiting for maintenance people for some time and and have always struck out because the right people are either employed or they are trying to come out of retirement or they don't have any of the skills that we need. Those are kind of the, unfortunately, the four factors that we found most of the workforce. So basically, as, as our business here has grown over the years, and technology seems to be outpacing the, the skill development of the existing workforce, and the existing maintenance group is uh, retiring quicker than people are coming into the field, we solve a problem, and we have a problem. And Fame uh, addresses that. So I was able to get involved um, more or less just as a board member and as an employee sponsor who wanted to benefit from the, the apprentices or AMT students, advanced manufacturing technology students in the program uh, for our facility, uh, our automotive facility here for Dana Corporation in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. So um, our, our plant kind of Dove in head first. Uh, truthfully, we are a union shop, uh, a UAW shop. So we we had some um, 
some challenges uh, to kind of go with a, a new program. And, and truthfully, we still have some challenges in getting uh, the traditional unions to accept a little bit of a new way of doing things. But I, I, I do believe that that is not uncommon with anything that is um, different from the norm. So we're working through them slowly. And, and so throughout my first kind of year and a half of involvement, I, I developed into a role that was the company recruitment chair. And so whenever another company here locally would hear about this fame program from a friend, a relative, um, our Facebook page, or, 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 you know, word of mouth one way or the other, they would reach out and I'd set up a meeting with them and we'd go meet at their facility with their HR manager, engineering manager, uh, all the stakeholders that could be benefited from the program and spend about an hour just kind of explaining the ins and outs. And uh, 99% of the time they'd say, hey, where do I sign? I want to get involved because our plant's in the same position yours was where can't find qualified maintenance people. Um, the maintenance people that were out there were not the right fits. And, and so uh, that's how it's been able to kind of spread here in our region. Uh, after about a year and a half in that role, the uh, previous chapter president actually accepted a, a job offer out of state. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get nominated to be the president of our local chapter. And it will be two years in October that I've had the good fortune of being able to lead this group of employers who are, are passionate about workforce development uh, in, in the FAME model. But more important than the employers, I look back at all of the lives that we've been able to change for you know close to 30 graduates a year, because uh, now they, they actually are in a career where they're, they're making uh, enough money to buy their first house or buy a new vehicle. And some of the success stories will, will almost just, you know, give you goosebumps because they, they were probably not going to a four-year college and would have been in a minimum wage job and, and not have a skill set that's in high demand. So uh, all that said, it's, it, you know, I, I can go through any of the program specifics, but as an employer who has benefited from the program, uh, because we we actually had vacancies and we filled them with qualified individuals from fame, and then you know being able to share the perspective of a leader of the chapter to see other companies here in our locality benefit, uh, you know that that just makes the manufacturing sector and base more attractive for more companies to invest and more opportunities for the community, and and it's all really good stuff. And this is a major factor. Uh, having the right workforce into the success of the community, the families that that live in it, um, and all the employees. So that's just a little bit of background, I guess, on myself and how I got where I am. Okay, Robbie, there's a lot to unpack here, as they say, um, with the prospects of, of having you be able to speak from so many different angles. I know that in very short order, the National Association of Manufacturers through their Manufacturing Institute is going to be aggressively promoting the uh, evolution or the adoption of the FAME program nationwide. And what I'd love to be able to do is speak to three core constituencies that I see that you can immediately speak to. You've got the employers, you've got the students, and you've got the local communities that 
are that have the local uh, community colleges and other educational elements to be able to support what you guys are doing. And I'd love to be able to cover each one of those in separate groups. The, the first question that came to mind is, are all the uh, program sponsors and participants on the employer side large corporations like Dana and Toyota, or do they span the, 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 the breadth of manufacturing and non-manufacturing organizations? Yeah, so the, the really interesting dynamic of this program is it is absolutely not just large national Fortune 500 manufacturers. And it is not what I would almost call traditional manufacturing as you would, would think about it. We have, um, we have some 15-person companies that have a very specialized niche in making um, industrial control panels for conveyor companies for some of the large, you know, the large uh, UPS hub here. And, and they, they are engaged in fame where, you know, they're maybe in 15,000 square feet of, of manufacturing space. Uh, we, have, and we have employers that uh, process tomatoes into tomato sauce for Pizza Hut. We have employers that are making chemical catalysts for converting crude oil into gasoline uh, you name it. Uh, we're now also in talks with the local utility company, electric utility company or gas and electric on how they can use the fame program for developing some of their, um, energy generation plant maintenance people. So yes, there are large companies like general electric and Toyota, uh, that, you know, are, are kind of some of the, maybe the front runners in the program, but the value, one of the, the primary value generators is having lots of industries, lots of different minds, and then really what happens inside this cohort of students throughout the five semesters, when they're at school um, two days a week and working three days a week, as you can imagine, they've got lots of group projects. So you have, I'm gonna call them kids, but young men and women, who are spending Monday, Wednesday, Friday at their place of employment where they might be assembling dishwashers or converting tomatoes into tomato sauce or making paper plates. And then the other days of the week, they're back in the lab with their peers who came from a different industry. And, and there's no secret that the, the kids collaborate and work together. So at the end of these five semesters, they've come out with a lot of experiences and stories and best practices and what works well in, in other industries. And that really gives them something to bring to the table as their employer from all these different perspectives that they've kind of been exposed to that, that most almost zero kids of their age, 19, 20 years old, can say that they know how all these different industrial uh, organizations work. So, so that's that's one of the that's, that's one of the really neat things for employers in the area. In addition, we've we've got a um, employer workforce group called the Kentucky Manufacturing Career Center, and and it's a it's a non for profit board driven by uh, Kentuckyana Works, uh, you know, funded from the the state of Kentucky, where you know we try and share best practices, and and so getting around the same 
a lot of the same groups of employers, but different employees from that, that company and sharing what's working well with fame makes it so much easier for any other company that shows up to these board meetings to say, oh, wow, everyone else is participating and they're sharing great results. Let me get involved. So truthfully, our company recruitment efforts have gotten 10 times easier than they were the first few years our chapter was, um, you know, kind of letting our roots grow in the community. And, and I would expect that that will be the case even more so with the ownership from the National Association of Manufacturers. Uh, they, can, they can spread this message out to all of their constituents throughout the country of, you know, what fame has been able to do with, you know, different spotlights and business cases. Uh, so I expect it to, to scale very, very quickly, uh, which, which is great because then there's, there's companies who may not already be involved in these government-run programs and, and you know, community-based organizations. Uh, they may not have known about it before, but now I think we're going to have an even wider band of, of marketing that's able to get to them so that the whole industry of, of skilled trades and industrial maintenance continue to collectively to, to rise. So I see that being just a really big benefit to the communities um, and, and all the employers in them. From an employer perspective, has there been defined data that provides that, that, that return on investment that they make? Or is it just obvious that if you can build your own the retention, the the whole process of employing these folks is just going to improve your calculations across the board simply because you you have a pipeline of people that will be coming into your organization. Yeah, the, the great question uh, and comment that it's been asked before. How do you quantify the return on investment of fame? Uh, and and truthfully, I don't have a number to give you. Um, because it, it has be, been so obvious that without the correct employee in the correct position, the company is going to suffer. Um, and and so, no, I, I have not gone out of my way to determine how much it, it saves the company. But, but what, I, what I can say, and, and you started to kind of lead me on to it, is throughout the interview and application process of these these applicants, high school graduates, young men and women, uh, they start engaging with all the different sponsoring employers. And they very quickly, you'll see that a little bit of a relationship is built uh, even before they, they're quote unquote selected or hired. And, and what's happening is there is a, a loyalty from the employee that's being hired to the employer because they feel you know what, this employer picked me, uh, they're dedicated to me, and, and this young person then commits everything they got to this employer. And so there's, uh, I've said this before many times, but there is a bond that's created between employer and employee that you never get from just a direct hire off the street uh, because you, you kind of chose each other, so to speak. And so the loyalty of that employee to the employer and vice versa has really made them a better um, employee and and actually has increased the retention. I, I don't know the number a thousand percent above and beyond what it would be if it was somebody that came through a traditional, 
recruiter or temporary agency or any other mechanism to try and find the you know the right the right head for that position. So uh, that's one of the other benefits. While it does take some more resources from the company, whether it's from the actual human resources function or somebody in the you know maintenance or engineering function to to participate and get involved. There's a payback because you're generally only doing it once to get the right person. Where otherwise, I don't know the statistic, but you're probably hiring three till you find the right person uh, through turnover to to fill your your position. So that gives us a good segue into the the discussion about the student employee, the selection process, how it comes about, the benefits to them, and to showcase some of those elements. We've talked about the benefits to the employer, but these folks who you described as incredible success stories, changing the lives of 30 a year, how that really represents an opportunity to showcase with this. If you just can kind of take a, a, a qualitative approach and quantitative to the quality of student that's applying to the program, it, it has increased as, as these success stories have come out. And maybe it's not necessarily the quality of the student, but their effort to get into this program, I think, has, has driven them to better themselves. So, so that's, that's one benefit to, to fame has been um, these young people are challenging themselves to do really well to, to keep their employer happy. I don't know that you have that approach in a job that, that doesn't provide an opportunity for higher wages and, you know, more education in the future. So, so that, that's one part of it. Uh, the other thing is, and, and it, it's, you're finally starting to see it in, in the news and the media of, you know, a four-year college isn't for everybody, especially with the, the rising costs of tuition. It's, it's remarkable compared to what it was even when I was in, in college, you know, 16, 17 years ago. So, so this, this really gives an option for a, uh, a low to no cost five semester associate's degree that will end up on average making a wage in the 60 to $80,000 a year range working in industrial maintenance. So, uh, some of these students that, that, you know, would not have gone into this type of field, maybe they were still mechanically inclined, wanted to do some something with their hands. Uh, I don't think that it would provide them with a career opportunity that going into programming robots or advanced PLCs or advanced mechanical systems will, uh, like the FAME model, promote. So, it, it, it is an opportunity for students to really go into a career, not a job. Uh, manufacturing, I think, is, is kind of known for having people that stay at the same company longer than most fields. Uh, and, and we are definitely exploiting that in, in our recruitment and in, in the success stories. So uh, I, I, I can't say enough good things about the students who have actually come back and even been um, like a lab tech because they want to give back to the program because it meant so much to them. And, and we recently have had two graduates who went right into an industrial maintenance position for a few months. And then uh, their demeanor and the skill set developed through the program was, was so evident that that they needed to promote them that they've now been a maintenance supervisor 
um, right away. And, and I talked with one uh, not too long ago who, who said that this position uh, allowed him to go out and buy a house. And he said, if, if I hadn't gone into fame, there's no way I would even be thinking about that right now. So uh, it's just reassurance that, you know, while all this is voluntary and you're kind of doing it on your own time, uh, that you're really doing the right you're doing the right thing for the, the students who are benefiting from the program. Tell us a little bit about the, the selection process. I know that's rigorous on the front end to get the quality folks that you're getting is, is uh, you, you obviously have to do the front end work. So what does that look like? It's, um, it's not too different really from like a college application process. We, we have a, uh, we actually have it online. Finally, uh, it was, it was paper for a long time, but, uh, about the same time that students would be submitting applications to four-year schools, so late in the fall, early in the spring, uh, we have the same thing. We, we go to college and career fairs at some of our uh, primary partnered high schools that maybe already have a, um, a manufacturing track in them or one of the academy schools that is focused on machining or welding. Uh, advanced manufacturing, and we are promoting what, what FAME offers to these schools. We encourage the seniors, uh, especially, to go ahead and apply to the program. The application uh, is not overly complicated. It is all the, the generic. We need high school transcripts. Uh, we need ACT, SAT scores, and we uh, have an have a essay that you have to write on uh, why you think you could uh, excel in fame, what is it that interests you about industrial maintenance, uh, what would make you the right candidate. So all these applications are collected, um, and, and uh, about the end of March, we kind of cut the application deadline off. We go through them all. We determine who is qualified, who is not qualified. There, there is a minimum ACT, SAT score for uh, English, math, and science that is actually the college and career ready benchmark uh, for a student to be qualified. From that, we, we start contacting the students and we set up a, uh, a group interview day. Uh, I would even compare this interview day almost to like speed dating. So we, we block off six, about six hours in one day, all the sponsoring employers come uh, to the community college and we have uh, we have five different rooms that they go through for kind of group interviews. So every employer has a chance to interview every applicant, take notes on them, uh, go through a series of questions, and then each applicant is scored in, in technical, personal behaviors, um, teamwork, diligence, and we, we collect all these notes from our interview day. Uh, it ends up it's about 100 pages of notes, and the group of employers that are going to be sponsoring students have about two weeks to kind of sift through them and say, hey, who are the, the top three from this interview day? And you would think that everyone in the group of employers might say, I want to go after the same candidate. But surprisingly, that's not the case. Throughout those interviews, each employer has said, well, I, I like John Doe more than, you know, Jane Doe or vice versa. And, and it has it, always surprised me how well that we're able to say of this whole array of students, each employer wants one of them. 
So what we do is um, it's basically like a fantasy baseball draft, and the group of employers gets together without the students, and we pull names out of a hat to see who gets to pick first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and we go around the room, and that employer gets you know first round pick. Uh, for the, the group of students available. And then companies that are sponsoring more than one, we get to go another round. And we, we try and encourage that geographically, at least, that the students closer to those employees that employers you know, get matched up. We, we don't want somebody from the far west side of town driving to the far east side of town. So we try and be kind of fair about it, but we always end up being able to place all the students at an employer the students know coming into the program that an employer is going to pick them. They actually don't have any, they have very little, if any, say in it. And and the reassurance that we've been able to give students and parents is we only let good employers uh, into the program. Good being uh, somebody that's going to, uh, we've, we've been through the facility, it's a safe facility, that what their needs are are in line with the curriculum that they're going to gather. Uh, we've, most of them we have uh, reviewed with um, the, the local government on one regard or another. We have turned a few employers that wanted to sponsor our students away because we just didn't think it was the right fit. So while that happens, uh, there's a placement of students and employers and, and the employers then reach out to the students and um, Dana would call, you know, John Doe and say, hey, congratulations, we sponsored you. Uh, this is generally takes place in May. And we want every effort to be made that throughout the summer, that student goes right from high school to working at this employer in some fashion. We actually encourage that they work kind of a direct labor job just to get used to, you know, a set schedule, uh, getting up in the morning and, you know, not being late all the soft skills that they're going to learn over the next five semesters. And then in August, classes start and the students uh, go to work for three days a week and go to school two days a week and, and do that for five semesters. So that, that's, that's kind of a, a Cliff Notes version of how the application process goes. That there are several recruitment points where guidance counselors are meeting with the FAME group. Sometimes they're coming to our board meetings. They want to learn more about it so that they can advise the students of this opportunity to apply for. Uh, I mentioned the college and career fairs, junior achievement, you know, helps spread the message of Kentucky fame. So, and, and this is truthfully has gotten easier over the last few years, as I mentioned, you know, with more success stories and more people seeing that this program actually works and delivers results. Uh, it, it's starting to, the word of mouth is really spreading more so than it did the first few years. Great. How about, um, do you have a, a mechanism for someone who hasn't graduated from high school or got a GED or found out about the program that isn't uh, uh, in a position to come straight out of high school into the program? Is there a facility for that? Absolutely. It, it, it's not, too, not really too much different. Uh, having a GED is perfectly fine and and. Even if you have some college, maybe, that, that's fine as well. We are going to direct them to do the same application process where you know, they're going to pull their transcripts, they're going to write an essay, 
and they're going to apply. Maybe they can go right in in May and work for that employer. Maybe they have to wait until August. That that's okay. The the beauty of this program, truthfully, is there's not a cookie cutter set of guidelines that each employer has to follow to the T. That that wouldn't work. Uh, the the beauty of it is is that you still get to do your own employee handbook. You have some um, leeway on on how you pay, how you structure, you know, the benefits that you pay. The, the common theme is that they are in school two days a week. The employer is engaging with the community college. They participate in the chapter, uh, but we're not going to tell you how to run every aspect of, of your um, program here. And, and that's been one of the messages that, that I think the National Association of Manufacturers is, has seen and they, they have promised to preserve the fact that we can be a little bit um, customizable by company. Um, so so I, I, I think that that is a huge benefit to us. If we waited for all the companies to be able to sign up to follow the exact same rules, it would never happen. One last thing about the students. One, one of the elements of the FAME program that is very interesting is the fact that after the AMT uh, semesters of the AMT program, you have the option to pursue a additional education in the advanced manufacturing business and advanced manufacturing engineering. How does that work? And how, how much adoption is there from the student groups to pursue those lines? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Uh, this this is an exciting, and this is actually part that is evolving more and more every day. So uh, it actually started primarily with uh, Northwood University, who said, you know what, we will accept all of the credits uh, from the community college in the FAME program and apply them towards an advanced manufacturing business bachelor's degree uh, and or an advanced manufacturing engineering degree. Uh, and, and so then really the, the students have, you know, about two more years of school to end up with their bachelor's degree. And we have had uh, maybe four or five of our last 90 graduates so far go on into this type of program. Uh, I expect that that number will increase. I, I do encourage all the employees to, or all the graduates to, to work, you know, sometime in the industry, get even more experience, and then come back and and do the AMB or AME, uh, and then there's more tracks popping up. Just uh, recently, we had uh, the University of Louisville, the kind of big four-year college here in our our hometown, approach us about an occupational leadership program that they're starting, and we met with them many times and. They actually, they now will accept and transfer all of the credits from this associate's program into a bachelor's degree at our, at our big name school here. So those, those opportunities are continuing to pop up. And, and I'll, um, one, of, one of the secrets is, of this program, or one of the hard things to, to really to sell, believe it or not, is to the parents. So you've got a, a high school graduate or somebody out of high school that says, I'm going to go do this uh, vocational style technical program and end up with an associate's degree. And unfortunately, that 
that associate's degree still has a little bit of a stigma to, to many parents that it's not as good as a bachelor's degree. So being able to sell to parents and counselors and students, and it's not just a sales tactic, it, it's the truth, but knowing that this option exists to continue your education after you have an associate's degree has just been kind of a relief to a lot of people that this AMT degree is not the end of it. There are definitely paths should you want to continue your education. And more times than not, that's something that the employer is going to 100% pay for too through tuition reimbursement or you know other mechanisms. So, so having the Northwood path and then more and more local colleges realizing this is an opportunity to increase our enrollment are now working with us to accept uh, hopefully up to all of the credits that they get through the AMT program. What a tremendous way to get a four-year education that is applicable to the real world and puts you to work right away and mitigates the, all the, the costs and heartache of having to deal with the, the rising costs of, uh, of universities and colleges. What, I mean, it's very, it's very comprehensive. I, I, clearly, I'm a big fan, but it's truly a very comprehensive program. Well, I, I can tell you in, in my position here as the engineering manager, and, and I'm, I'm now doing more than that, working for a corporate office, but, but I can tell you I see a lot of resumes for different positions. And if I see somebody that's got an associate's degree in a technical field but then has gone on to get uh, maybe more of a business background, they rise to the top of the list. If you look at nearly every CEO in uh, specifically kind of the uh, a manufacturing style business, almost every one of them has an engineering background and they've gone on to get an MBA. This is kind of the same thing. This is a very technical background and then they've gone on to develop, all right, how does the business work from a finance and operations and human resources and scheduling perspective? Those two skill sets, knowing how the machines work and how the product is made and transformed, in addition to how the business runs, are what really make the top performers in any organization. I, I did want to touch on one of the areas that I uh, outlined as a, the third constituent in this whole process, which is the local community, the impact. Uh, it, maybe the sample size is not big enough to actually define the impact on the community, but it, it's got to be there. It's got to be real uh, because when you transform the life in, of, a, of, an, of an individual or you enable a small business to not have to worry about hiring that next person, you get an impact. So have you seen anything that we can talk about? Most definitely. Uh, what we've seen community-wise, it, 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 truthfully, I think it starts in the high schools and our, our current superintendent over Jefferson County Public Schools, his name is Marty Polio, has really pushed for um, this academy model where students are exploring a, a high school education that focuses around what's my career going to be post high school graduation. And so there are academies for aviation, academies for um, nursing, academies for auto mechanics, academies for industrial maintenance, advanced manufacturing. So it starts there. Those are, those are positions. A lot of times the high school instructors are, are adjunct positions for people that 
that have retired from the field. That's perfect. Uh, let them be the ones to, to you know, kind of introduce this, these concepts to the students. And then they come through high school realizing, I, I want to do this for, my, for, for the rest of my life a lot of times. And without that, you end up with students who graduate not knowing what to do. Maybe it's living off of some, you know, public funding, welfare, et cetera. You know, it's a host of things. But through programs like this, and they know exactly what they want to do, not only does the employer benefit and then is able to, to grow and give back to the community, um, the, the state is probably spending less time funding people who are underemployed or unemployed. So I think those are two, those are two big ones. You know, we've, we've seen, um, I've seen some legacy students who have, meaning that, you know, they have a parent or a sister who have either worked at one of these manufacturing companies or come through the FAME program themselves. And so it, being able to get everybody in a family employed in a, in, a, in a position that's going to pay well and provide good opportunities has really been a plus, uh, I think, for the whole community. Robbie, you've given me so much information. You've been so generous with your time. Is there something that... I can try and, and summarize a little bit real quickly that the... That's what I was yeah, going to ask. So, so the, the proof, you know, the, the age-old saying of the proof is in the pudding, we have a $25 million advanced manufacturing facility that is being erected right now. The steel is up, the roof is on, the walls are stood up, and we're beginning to work on mechanicals inside, and we expect our class that starts in fall of 2020 to, to actually begin and be the first class to go through this facility. So there's enough people that believe in it and support it, uh, you know, financially and publicly that we are going to be able to kind of more than double the capacity that we're able to handle. Uh, and, and it's actually called the AMIT, Advanced Manufacturing and IT, because now the leaders of the IT world in our region are saying, we want to do the same type of model. And, and some people call it a work and earn. I like to call it a work and earn and learn because they are benefiting to the employer. They are earning wages for themselves or their families, and they are learning a skill set that will last forever. So work and learn and earn is, is something I believe in. And, and that's, that's what's happening regardless of the technical skill, whether it's working on robots or it's working on computers uh, or working in healthcare on, on somebody's body. Those, those three things come together, and I think that's really what has uh, been a little bit of the paradigm shift from a traditional four-year education. So uh, I I'm, can't wait to see, you know, what the, the reaction of the public is going to be when we are able to, you know, un, unreal or unveil our, our new facility. So uh, that, that's kind of the, the major milestone that we're looking forward to now. And at the same time, the the ownership from the National Association of Manufacturers is it couldn't come at a better time as well. Because truthfully, all of our board members, are, this is not a paid position; it's all voluntary. We're doing things in the evenings, we're doing things on weekends, and it's all on our own time. Being able to have a little help from somebody that is is you know funded from a federal level of government, but maintain our own grassroots feel. 
uh, is really going to help us scale as well. So it, it, I'm, I'm beyond lucky to be able to work with these people. The, the staff at uh, JCTC and all the employers that contribute so much uh, really have, have lifted this program off the ground, and I think you've only seen the beginning. Fantastic. All right. Well, then let me ask you one last question. This is the question I close every every episode with, and that is, Robbie, what would you tell your younger self to either learn or avoid altogether? It can be about your professional career or life in general. My my father has been in manufacturing all his life. Um, my grandfather was as well, and and you know plant managers and on up. So. I kind of knew at a young age that this was um, what my passion was, uh, but you know, I I knew without a doubt I had to just I had to go to this four-year school and I had to get that degree. And fortunately for me, I was able to start this co-op position while I was in college. So that helped kind of shape where shaped where I went. But but I think if if I could go back and and tell my my younger self. I wouldn't be afraid to say after high school, you could actually go and try and work in an industry somewhere in a, maybe a direct labor job to gain that experience before even stepping foot into a college. And, and I know that's counterintuitive because we got a lot of students coming right out of high school, but they're coming right out of high school and actually going, going to work and school at the same time. So, Having that appreciation for the regimented schedule, being on time, dealing with disgruntled employees or a tough boss in in a a, a big boy job, uh, I think is will give anybody a leg up when they go in to um, apply for another job or apply for a program like that. So don't be afraid to to kind of learn the industry before trying to get the formal education. Well, hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the Skilled Trades Playbook and hearing from Robbie about the FAME program. As always, please feel free to send me your comments and any ideas on how I can improve. Send your notes to Twitter to at AYBCareers or send me an email to jcarosso at atyourbest.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. 